Hi, my name is Aisha McGowan, also known as a Quick Brown Fox. This is Quick Brown Foxes, a multimedia project where I seek to answer the question of how to get more women of color in cycling by asking women of color how they got into cycling. This week, we'll be speaking with Gloria Liu out of Boulder, Colorado. She's a journalist for Bicycling Magazine and a badass enduro mountain bike racer. This project would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors and partners. Live Cycling, SRAM, Carmichael Training Systems, Cliff Bar, 100%, and Feedback Sports. I would also like to thank all of my patrons on Patreon, Emily Chapel, Amy Ongiri, Rachel Hovel, Camille Rainim, Ella Green, Anna Schwinn, Flora Soon, Rosemary Bollock, Haley Nielsen, Karen Brooks, Jane Kaminsky-Runyon, Elizabeth Reincourt, Parney, AJ Long, Jess Strangward, Deb Ziegler, and Sarah Williams. If you are not on the list yet and you would like to become a patron as well, you can do so at patreon.com slash aquickbrownfox. My name is Gloria Liu and I'm Asian American. I live in Boulder, Colorado. I'm originally from Northern California and how I identify as a cyclist. Uh, I'm a mountain biker, uh, I race mountain bikes, um, but I also just love all kinds of cycling. I road ride, I ride gravel, I've raced cyclocross, I've jumped into some like little crits and stuff. So, and I ride around town. So I just really love, I just love bikes. I love all kinds of bikes. Um, but yeah, I do primarily race mountain bikes and uh, specialize in enduro racing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And I guess I also, I also work in the bike industry. I work for uh, Bicycling Magazine as a, uh, basically a full-time writer. So, sweet, cool. Okay. Um, how did you get into bikes in the first place? Where did it all begin? <laughs> so, uh, I never. I was really not much of an athlete growing up. Um, I played basketball, and like that was just because my whole family played, and I was just really not very good at it. So. <laughs> I think that because I was so terrible at basketball and like my sister and my dad were so good at it, um, I always assumed I just was not an athlete. So throughout most of my like high school life and college and even my early 20s, I just really didn't do sports or athletics at all. And um, But I think that I sort of always like craved excitement and adrenaline. Um, looking back on it, I kind of see that now. So like I had no outdoors outlet or sports outlet. So like where that sort of manifested itself was just like partying. So like in college, I was like in a sorority and then, you know, I moved to San Francisco and I was working in finance and I was just doing the whole, you know, you're in your twenties, you live in a big city and you party and have fun. And like, that was my life. Um, and what actually really changed was I got into snowboarding first. Um, some friends taught me, they took me up on the mountain when I was, I think like 24, 25. And I remember them saying like, yeah, like this is gonna be super hard. Like, you know, you're probably gonna hate it at first. You're gonna fall, it's gonna hurt. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm like prepared for the worst. And it wasn't super hard and it didn't suck and I didn't hate it, I loved it. And that was like my first experience doing something where I actually felt athletic and like physically capable um, and I just fell in love with it immediately. And honestly, that changed everything for me. It like got me into the outdoors. Like 
I, you know, immediately went and bought a season pass and I was like, I'm going to do this every freaking weekend. Like, how can I get up to Tahoe? <laughs> <laughs> and like, that just really unlocked something in me, I think. Um, and I ended up, uh, quitting my job for a while to travel and sort of soul search and do the ski bum thing and, um, landed in Colorado to ski after uh, traveling to like New Zealand and Honduras. And I was just, you know, just kind of doing the whole find yourself in your twenties, the whole eat, pray, love thing. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> like, that book was like really popular then. And I remember being like, this is me. <laughs> I've, I've never read it and I've never seen the movie, oh, but, I, but I think I get the concept. Yeah. It's like such a played out concept now of like going to travel and find yourself. But 10 years ago, it was not, <laughs> I don't think people were as tired of it then, but, um, so yeah, so I, I landed in Colorado and after the ski season was done, I was dating this guy who was a mountain biker and he encouraged me to get a mountain bike. And I'd always been really curious about it, but mountain biking seemed really extreme to me. Like, it, <laughs> like whenever I heard of people racing mountain bikes, I'd be like, oh my God, you are- the huge phrases like, send it bro. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that was gnarly. <laughs> It always just sounds like you're going to get hurt. Yeah. No, I know yeah. that. I know that feeling. I would never wear one of those crazy helmets that look like <laughs> you're riding a motorcycle, you know? But, um, so I bought this bike. It was like $450. And, and I, it was like, just like snowboarding. The first time I went, I was just on this muddy dirt road and I was climbing. Like I hadn't even descended yet. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. Like, I really like this. Uh-oh. <laughs> obsession. And I just were yelling like, oh my God, this is so fun. Even climbing is fun on this thing. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I had, I had ridden road bikes a little bit before, but I just never had that feeling of just like, like, I don't know, I was outdoors, I was in nature, there was trees, like we were out there, but like, and then we started doing the descent and I was like, oh my gosh. And then you can have like the wind in your face and, there's excitement and yeah. And I was like screaming and laughing and it was just the best. So Had that a blast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was my first ride ever. Your first ride, ever. your first mountain bike ride. You said you'd been mount road bikes before. Did you learn as an adult or like, how did you learn how to ride a bike? Um, so when I, I learned how to ride a bike as a kid um, and yeah, I distinctly remember having training wheels and my parents like would pull up the training wheels as I got better and better at it. Um, and I would ride my bike around the neighborhood to see friends and stuff. But I actually remember when I was a little kid, um, one of my favorite games was to like, my parents lived on this hill and I would ride up to the top of the hill and just bomb back down the hill. And my sister would be holding, we had this banana seat bike with like the little sissy bar on the back. Uh-huh bar and then she'd be on rollerblades and she's just like screaming and I'm screaming and <laughs> who would just like do laps up and down this hill and it's so because <laughs> I still do that oh wow <laughs> but that's for me you know like I go to the bike park and now I have a lift or like I'll ride up to the top of a crazy descent and bomb back down but I'm still playing that game and I just it's funny that I can remember when I was like six years old I loved that mm -hmm. um you know just like a lot of people when I got to like middle school age, I just sort of, I never got a bike. I, I never like got a bike past my childhood and I just sort of like lost touch with it. Um, I got a road bike in my twenties when I was, when I started running because I was like, I had like run a marathon and I was like, maybe I'll get a bike to train cross train, you know, but it never, 
I don't know, like, I don't think I really got it until that mountain bike ride. And from then on, that's when I consider myself, like, I was a cyclist. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, you ran a marathon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is part of my whole, like, transformation from, like... <laughs> was this post-college or during college? This is, um, this is post-college. So, so, yeah, I, so I, you know... What I was like, I like to go to the gym in college and stuff just to like stay fit. And um, at the time, it was more just for like basically very superficial. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to stay thin and like look good because I was going to the club and like, <laughs> all my girlfriends were so hot. So it was like, you know, it's like it was definitely more about <laughs> gotta keep up, <laughs> yeah, gotta keep up. And, um, yeah, so I got into running, and this was after after I started snowboarding and started realizing like, Oh, maybe I can do sports. Maybe I don't have to like be relegated to the sidelines forever. And um, yeah, I, I signed up with a marathon for a marathon with a bunch of friends. And that was like a huge step too, like just being like, Holy crap. Like, I can't believe I ran a marathon, you know, That's not a small endeavor. Which one did you run? Uh, it was the San Francisco marathon. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I know, I, like, I, I lived there, but I never went to see the marathon. Yeah. And only like, knowledge I have of the marathon is watching the monk episode where <laughs> he's solving the case about the the marathon runner. I, I really liked. Yeah. <laughs> I have monk, but um it's yeah. entertaining. <laughs> Irrelevant to this, but entertaining. <laughs> that in mind for my future Netflix queue. <laughs> yeah. Um cool. All right. So you started snowboarding and it went really, really well, which does not happen for everyone. No. <laughs> and then you ran a marathon and then you went on a hodge to find yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and then somehow eventually you ended up on a mountain bike and fell in love. And then that's that was the beginning of your cycling spiral. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's such a long-winded way to get to that. But yeah. Um so so then I was like in love with mountain biking and I, when I like love something, like I don't do anything halfway, you know, I think we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. I know, I know the feeling. <laughs> you know the feeling. And I was just like, I am going to get as good at this as I possibly can as quickly as possible. And I just would go out all the time by myself. And like, I like went out, I wanted to go out more than my ex did. And like, I would like crash and I got all these scars on my, you know, shins and I'd like, impale myself with sticks and ride down from the trail bleeding but thinking like that was awesome <laughs> look at me i'm bleeding all over this trail <laughs> and um it actually it was cool because it helped me actually land my my love for cycling helped me sort of figure out what i wanted to do when i finished my my little eat pray love journey and uh, i got a job at a company that made uh, training software for cyclists called Training Peaks, which a lot of athletes and cyclists may be familiar with. Um, and there, my coworkers were all like crazy athletes, like hardcore, like Ironman triathletes, bike racers, and they got me to sign up for my first mountain bike race. Oh, cool! <laughs> Encouragement. Yeah. No, it was super cool. I remember it was like, like it was one of those big races. It was a Steamboat Fifty mountain bike race, and. Like it was one of those ones that sells out super fast. So you have to like be online right when registration opens and they are like eight or nine of us that were all doing it. And they were like, all right, Gloria, like, you know, like we're all going to be in front of the computer at like 12 o'clock or whatever. And we all signed up together. And it was like such a cool feeling to be like, whoa, like you, 
become a part of something mm-hmm. just by participating. And um, that's still something I love about bike racing to this day. You know, like you're, do you do the race and that's like your entry into this whole community and this whole scene um, and this whole party of a day that uh, is just, you know, it's so fun. Like it sucks sometimes and there's suffering and, you know, you have dark moments, but then like always at the end of the day, it's like everyone gets together and it's like, damn, like that was a great day. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, so yeah, so I signed up for this 50 mile mountain bike race, having never done a mountain bike race before. And um, so to do like to train, you know, like I started doing XC racing um, to get ready for this race. And would you like to explain what that is? Yeah. So uh, XC stands for cross country racing. And um, it's a, it's the most common form, more like traditional form of mountain bike racing. That's just like, uh, they're usually an hour and a half to two and a half hours long, um, pretty high intensity, usually multiple laps and, um, you know, pretty traditional format. First one across the line wins. So, yeah. So I started doing those and, uh, and just, I don't know. It was really cool. I kind of like discovered something through myself about myself through racing too. That was really awesome. And, um, a couple of years later, I, I transitioned over to enduro racing, which, uh, I think that spoke to my spirit a little bit more. <laughs> so enduro racing is, um, a more now more popular emerging discipline. It came to the U S maybe five years ago now where, um, it's almost like a cross between like a downhill race and endurance race. So you get timed on these downhill segments, um, but you have to pedal to get to all the segments in between and the pedaling parts are untimed. So it's like got this great community atmosphere because you, it's really social. Like you can pedal with your friends in between the stages, um, which are timed. And then on the downhill parts, you everyone just pins it and pushes it. And then you get to the bottom and it's like, holy crap, that was so crazy. You know, and you high five, you exchange your war stories and then you move on to the next stage. So. With, I don't know a whole lot about mountain bike racing at all but my question is okay so when you guys are railing down these whatever descents or i don't know i've only seen like the red bull videos and i'm just like nope nope not nope not gonna happen um (laughs) (laughs) is it always like one at a time or how does that work yeah so for almost either downhill or enduro races yeah it's like one person goes at a time they for enduro they usually send you off at like 30 second increments so if the rider behind you is significantly faster than you they'll probably pass you um so you may have to pass riders on the trail but yeah it's essentially a time trial format okay Mm -hmm. cool (laughs) terrifying (laughs) but it also sounds really fun like if I i don't know i'm I'm going to do more mountain biking this year. I'm I've like, I have this thing where I have to do things I'm afraid of mm-hmm. because I don't like being afraid of things. And yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it doesn't end well, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. No, um, that's such a great exercise. So like, it's funny you say that. Cause I actually, um, so I write a column for bicycling magazine and my most recent column, which just came out is about, doing the ride that scares you and why that's so powerful. And for me, it's funny that you say mountain bike racing scares you. Cause for me, road racing is, scary. I hear that a lot from mountain bikers. <laughs> yeah. so I, did, I did this training. I'd always been like terrified of the idea of road racing. And so I did this, this training crit look like two summers ago. Cause I was like, man, it seems like everybody who does these like, training crits gets super fast. Like I'm tired. Like I'm going to try it, you know? And I was so terrified. Aisha, like, 
I remember I was so scared. I wanted to pull out every lap, but I was like too scared to even pull out. Cause I was just like, I can't do anything but ride in a straight line. <laughs> you just and, hang on. Yeah. And Follow the wheel in front of you. <laughs> totally. That was like all I could do. And I pretty much just like got sucked along for like 15 laps until I was done. And then I came back and I was like, you know what? Like I was so bummed that I was so scared, but I was like, you know what? Like, this is dumb. Like I'm tired of having this like limitation, you know, as a cyclist. And I was like, I'm going to go do the crit like 10 times. Cause I'm sure that by the end of it, I'll either be <laughs> injured or, or I won't be scared of it anymore. Which one happened? Well, so, uh, I, actually, <laughs> I, it's funny on my, I, so I did end up doing it. I, I did my little mission. Um, and the fourth, my fourth crit, I did get crashed out. Two, two kids crashed in front of me. Oh no, kids are so unpredictable. Yeah, it's where I was like watching this happen and I was like, this is why. <laughs> this is why it's a bad idea. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not crazy. I'm thinking as I like going over the handlebar. Oh no, did you get really hurt? No, I didn't. I, okay, um, good. I landed on other people. So <laughs> everyone- Woman was, cushion. Yeah, everyone was okay. And I actually, I jumped back in once I made sure the bike was okay, everyone was okay. And I was like, you know what? I don't, if I think if I ride away from this now, I'll never come back. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I went back in and I finished the race and I finished my little mission. I think this is such a valuable lesson because crashing is one of the things that keep people out of the sport. And obviously a serious crash can be a huge barrier for some folks as it should be, I suppose. But if you can somehow get yourself to go back out there and finish or just keep going um, whenever you can, it helps so much for that like mental paralysis that comes in from from the fear of what has already happened. I know when I have a, a, a crash in a race, sometimes I have a hard time turning left for a while, but then I just keep doing it and I get over that eventually. So it's a testament to, you know, mental fortitude and just, you know, sticking to it, even if something not so great happens. And you know what, by the end, it was, it was really cool. Like I remember I was doing this big group ride that's kind of like our local fast group ride. and. Like I'd been riding along and I was talking and chatting and all of a sudden I realized that I was like, oh my God, I've been just like chatting casually for like 15 minutes. Like I never used to be relaxed in that situation, you know? And um, yeah, like I just, I did feel like it like helped me become a much more confident pack rider. And uh, it was, and I got fitter and I got faster and it was one of the best things I've done for myself on a bike ever. I think. Yeah, crits are fun. I mean, I get it. The road is really hard when you run into it really fast. Um, <laughs> That's my fear. But I feel the same way about like trees and rocks. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's so funny how individual our fear. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it seems like like it it would be a really good time. And I I love how like with bikes, there's so many different ways that you can connect. Mm -hmm. So like for me, like I love racing road, but for some people like mountain bikes is like breathing air, it's just like everything. And that's really cool that there are just so many facets of the same type of activity yeah. that can suck you in. So I feel like cycling's got something for everybody. You just have to find it. And part of finding it is like trying new things and trying different things. So even if the one discipline didn't work out, there's probably another one that works a little bit better even if it's as simple as like commuting or like just like social rides or whatever yeah like, it doesn't have to be intense <laughs> it doesn't um 
No, I do love that. And I kind of believe that like, we're all kind of like hardwired to love certain things. And like, when you feel it, you know, you kind of know, right? Like, it's like, you kind of brush up against that thing. And you're like, whoa, like, uh -huh. this is it. <laughs> but you're yeah. right, trying different things. Because if I had never tried mountain biking, if I had just, you know, sort of kept riding on the road, maybe I wouldn't have ever become a serious cyclist. Um, yeah. Cool. So now you're in Colorado again. So this is the second time you've lived in Colorado, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. And what are, is there like a new thing on the horizon that you're going to do? Or what's, what's your bike life now? Are you still just doing enduro racing? Or are you going to do some more cross country? Maybe take <laughs> yeah. on some Leadville action? What's the plan? Have you uh -huh. done Leadville? No, I have not done Leadville and uh, I don't, I mean, I, I will never say never, but um, it's, oh man, endurance is not my thing. <laughs> I don't think it is like, so yeah, so I, I moved to Pennsylvania to work at bicycling for four years um, and now I'm back and uh, we moved back about three months ago. And yeah, so my big plan is to still do some enduro racing this summer, um, but it's definitely like, interesting moving back to Colorado now, like, um, it's, it's an interesting place to be an athlete because there's, or like even someone who wants to be an athlete. Cause there's so many amazing natural athletes out here and just like crazy, like crazy fast cyclists, you know, like the level of competition is so high. So like the big series that everybody does here is, is the big mountain enduro, which is like a nationally, you know, it's like a, probably one of the most prestigious series in the country. And, um, it's super competitive. So, and they're big, hard days, um, that are, you know, they would bake for formidable endurance stage races on their own. So, um, I'm going to train for it and like try it out. And if I can, you know, just kind of get through them this season, I think that would be honestly a big accomplishment for me because the races take place at altitude. Like a lot of them are two day races, you know, you're climbing and descending like 5,000, 6,000 feet in a day. Um, and Jeez. yeah, they're big days, they're big, hard days. So in the race stage at a big mountain enduro can be like 20 minutes. Like that's a downhill race stage. So, um, so yeah. How is the, how is the, uh, the diversity within the enduro mountain bike racing community? That's a, it's, you know, like, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think. I was I was gonna say like the rest of cycling, it's not super diverse, but I, I don't know if the rest of cycling isn't super diverse. I would say there's probably on average less diversity in enduro racing than there is in the rest of cycling. Um hmm. because, <laughs> first of all, it's primarily male. Mm -hmm. Um it's a little better out here. There's definitely way more women who race enduro here than they did out east. In, in Colorado. Um, yeah just cause there's more women doing everything here. I think it's, I think the gender parity is a little better out here. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of dudes, a lot, like people jokingly call them endure bros for a reason. <laughs> I've, I've not heard that. <laughs> the, the enduro bro is this total trope in mountain biking. Um, and endure bros. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly white. So, uh, so yeah, not a, not a ton of diversity in enduro racing, I have to say. <laughs> hmm. That's a shame. Yeah. 
But hopefully, seems like a good time. <laughs> yeah, it is a good time. But hopefully, you know, people people will see like, uh, you know, me. I'm a woman. I'm of Asian American descent, and like people will hopefully see that and be like, hey, like maybe that's something I could do. You know, I certainly think that if I had seen people who look like me riding bikes when I was younger, I would have gone into, I didn't know anybody who rode bikes. Like all my parents, my parents are immigrants from Taiwan and their friends are all, our community was this, you know, Taiwanese immigrant community and like nobody rode bikes or skied or did anything outdoorsy, you know, like um, I didn't, wasn't exposed to that until I got older. So. Representation matters. Okay, back to Gloria. Where in North California did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, so about an hour south of San Francisco, in this little okay. Saratoga. Yeah, but um, it is interesting you actually ask about the diversity in enduro racing because, like, whenever I just like, I feel like I I have like a pretty outgoing personality, so I'm fortunate in that I meet people pretty easily and tend to make friends easily. Um, but I know not everybody feels that way, so like. The few times that I have seen people who, you know, like people of color who are racing enduro, all men so far, like I try to go on my way to like be friendly and nice. Cause I know like, it's gotta be hard to show up and be like, oh, like I'm new here. Not only do I not know anybody, but like, I feel different, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that as a format, it does have a lot of potential to be a place where like people of color could come in and meet a lot of people just because again, it's like, we have all that social time between stages. Like it's, and it's such a tight knit community. It's, it's a really great place to meet people and make friends. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Cool. All right. So I guess my usual ending questions are, um, what do you think like really brought you in? Like what made you feel comfortable to pursue bigger things in cycling like you got here and you liked it but what made you stay oh um i would definitely say the number one thing for me is just like the connection and the community um i mean i love riding on its own you know right like i, I inherently love it as an activity and i would do it by myself i do it by myself all the time right now because i haven't made that many writing friends yet um but like what really kept me going like especially living on the east coast like um the community is so tight-knit there and it was like the first time i really felt like i was just like really like a part of something you know and it was like you'd show up to races and like like the first race of the season i would say tell people it felt like coming back to school after summer vacation uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, hey, how are you? How was your winter? Dude, like, I haven't seen you in so long. Like, you know, you're catching up with people and everyone knows your name. And that is such a special feeling. And just like, no matter how well I do that day at, at the race or how I felt, it's like, I don't know, that's always going to be what puts like that warm feeling in my heart, you know? And I think, I think maybe, I don't know, like, this could be getting too deep, but like, being a minority and like maybe being Asian American, like it was not always easy to find a place to belong for me. Like, like when I was growing up, um, I, my high school was like half Asian and half white. And like, 
it was now looking back on it, it was like pretty like self-segregated. Like there was like a white side of the parking lot and an Asian side of the parking lot. And it's like the groups just didn't really mix, you know, but mm -hmm. like I was kind of felt a little different from like, I felt a little different from like the Asian American community too. You know, like I had different interests and like did things a little differently. And like when I quit my job and went traveling, did all that stuff, it was like not what my parents wanted for me. It wasn't what a lot of their friends, kids were doing. Um, and like, it had to be horrifying. For oh my God. What you're going to do? What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> eat, pray, who? Yeah. Like, you know, my dad, my, they ended up being pretty supportive, but they definitely still have days when my dad's like, oh, well, you know, don't you want to just come write for Google? Like you could make more money doing that. And I'm like, dad, I'm a journalist. They don't hire journalists at Google. It's not a news publication. Yet. <laughs> oh, God, exactly. Oh, he, he would love that. Um, yeah, and I think I always sort of, like, for a long time growing up, I, like, questioned sort of where I belonged. And, like, um, to feel like you belong somewhere is so such a fundamental human need. And, uh, yeah, like, being a part of that community out east was, it was just it really like tapped into something that I feel like I, I was like, oh, this is like an amazing feeling. And maybe something that I've never really felt like a part of before. That's really cool. <sighs> All right. And last, if you could say anything to, I guess, whoever's listening or other Asian American women or other women of color in general, or just other people trying to get into cycling or enduro, mountain bike racing or anything that you care about, what advice, what singular advice would you give them? Oh, um, uh, just keep going. <laughs> um, I think like cycling can be really hard because there are a lot of people who have been doing it for a long time. And I think for a lot of people of color and women of color, most of us come to the sport pretty late in life because of that same thing we were just talking about. We're like, we're less likely to have been exposed to it. Um, we don't come from communities necessarily that have, you know, historically done these things, like whether your parents are immigrants or just because you come from neighborhoods or communities that just, yeah, like cycling, you know, is a traditional yeah. white sport. Um, so most of us are gonna start late in life and that's gonna be discouraging sometimes. Um, I feel that way all the time, you know, like like working in the bike industry, you're like around people who are like, oh yeah, I was like, you know, racing like, you know, junior worlds or doing this and that. And it's like, dang, like, Sometimes it feels like you're like really far behind, but that's so real. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And you, just I'm, I'm like 31, and <laughs> most of the people like that are my age in professional cycling are retiring. Not most, but like a lot of them, especially the men. Like a lot of men my age are retiring right now. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean retire? <laughs> like I just got here. But yeah. carry on. <laughs> no, I don't know. It just it feels it can be really discouraging, and I've had my discouraging moments, but. Um, I guess one thing I keep telling myself is like, you know, our experience makes our story richer and it makes our voice stronger too. Like, I think I'm more able, I think more people feel like outsiders in cycling than don't. And, um, and I know that feeling really well. I remember what it's like to be a beginner and like, just... And I think that makes it easier for me to like relate with a lot of people and it makes me more empathetic. And 
Um, I did a lot of things before I was a cyclist, you know, like that's why it took so long to get to my cycling story. And like, I don't know, like, I think that makes me like, my dream is to be a writer, a W-R-I-T-E-R writer. And I think that like, my, <laughs> yeah, like the diversity of my experience and the uniqueness of it gives me a lot of um, empathy for other people and gives me a lot of stories to tell. And whatever it is that like your mission is, you know, maybe bike related or not. Like, I think that the, long journey it takes to get to where we are like only makes us better at what we end up doing i love it yeah perfect <laughs> thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story thank you so much for having me this is so cool to be a part of this <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm collecting women of color like pokemon at this point <laughs> we're, we're here guys look there's so many of us <laughs> Yeah, wait, I want, to say, I want to say one more thing actually before we get off. Yeah, uh, go for it. I just want you to know that you are a huge inspiration for me because, um, yeah, like I just, I love what you're doing and I love how you like, I love the way that you speak your truth. Like you do it so um, compassionately, so honestly and so bravely, but so kindly that like people can't help but just listen to you and root for you and um and it's something i've been trying to do like it's not you know it's not easy like i'm still struggling with like sharing my experience and like I, I don't think i'm quite where you are yet but i'm trying to be you know what i mean just be open and honest and like be like hey like sometimes life's not fair and i've seen that and it makes me mad and these are things i want to do to change it like but I, I think about you a lot when I think about who I want to emulate and who does it really Aww, well. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You should thank know. you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You're a, yeah, you're a huge inspiration to a lot of people. And, uh, just want you to know that I'm one of those people. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. That, that, it, it helps to hear things like that, even yeah. though it's not necessarily about gratification, but it definitely helps. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> right? Passive on a bad day. So Yeah, right. Cool. So thanks so much. Thank you for your kind words and thank you for your story. And um we'll do our, our follow-up questions. And yeah, I think that that'll do it. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bicycle, 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 race. Thank you so much to Gloria for being my guest and to you for listening to this episode of Quick Brown Foxes. If you have not yet registered for Do Better Together, visit dobetterride.com to see how you can win prizes and help build a truly inclusive cycling community. If you would like to become a patron of this here project, please visit patreon.com slash a quick brown fox. And for all other things Aisha McGowan or to catch up on past episodes, visit a quick brown Until next time. Bye.